There's a nice beheading. Oh, it's a salad one. Oh, I got a live one here. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Spoiler Alert. That's when Rob goes, Spoiler Alert! Um, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Mark underscore L underscore Miller. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hi. Hey. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. You got anything to report? Uh, no. And also Knowles with us this week. (laughs) Hi. All right. We're here to talk about comics. But first, uh, email from Christopher Goodnight. Here we go. E-Melio-Melio-Melios. Wow. It was the best. That was. We harmonized this shit. I can't believe it. It was the best of podcasts. It was the worst of podcasts. And you call me Saint Saucy. Oh, and you can call me Saint Saucy. Where to start? First off, Wonder Woman. I came back to D.C. with Rebirth, so I know nothing about what she was up to before this, but I also know almost none of it matters. Uh, when Rucka, when Rucka by Baby took over, he wiped most of the slate clean by saying a lot of what had happened previously was false memories. The big deal was that he had never, that she had never been back to Themyscira. Some of her stories since have been okay, and the art has varied from barely passable to flipping fantastic. Billquist Everly and Nicola Scott have been the best naturally, but sadly they didn't stick around for long. Most recently in her crossover with Justice League Dark, we found out a witch pulled a Voldemort and split herself into five parts, with one of them being Wonder Woman. <clears throat> huh. What? Yeah, huh. I caught up. I caught up on that, and uh, it was. Okay. Wait. So a witch split herself. The witch split herself up into five. Hecate. 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 Yeah. Whatever. But she uh, split into five parts for some reason. Even though she has three heads. But some. Some. But and they went into uh, Black Orchid, Manitou Dawn. Which is remember Manitou Dawn? No. Who was? She was Apache Chief's wife, and then Apache Chief died, and then she oh. joined the Justice League. Nope. She, she could grow really big. <laughs> oh, a nupchuck. She did. She did a nupchuck. Um, the crossover just ended, and that is why this new team took over the book. It's a convoluted and confusing book at times, but it's most of the good have outweighed the bad. I haven't read the most recent issue, though, but I plan to. With Uncanny X-Men, I'm half-tempted to read this series simply for the Jamie Madrock stuff. I love the miniseries. Mm. The art was some of the best I've ever seen. I only wish the X-Factor series had had art that good. I have no desire to read any of the other books you mentioned. Mm. I didn't see any of the Alien franchise till about six years ago, and I wasn't that impressed. Ooh, what did you guys think of the Alien 3? You didn't listen to last week's episode? I haven't Leah. Go kick rocks. I haven't. I... <laughs> I need to go I need to go to uh the when I go to the gym I listen to it. So. I, it's oh, so it's... you you're not working out too. Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
Do we need to send somebody to Chicago? <laughs> yes, they need help. Um, I, I actually liked it. I, I loved it. Alien 3. I, I liked it a lot, too. Yeah, I thought it was a little, like, there was a bit in there at the beginning with the bureaucracy and the red tape that I couldn't quite follow. Uh, yeah. But it was it, already that first issue, I believe we all said, mm-hmm. is better than Alien 3 David Fincher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm actually gonna. I, I'm gonna read the rest of it. I think. Oh, me too. You know what? Speaking of, um, maybe that could be one of our follow-ups. Listening to episodes yeah, you're yeah. not on. I actually today listened to the one that I wasn't on, and um, thank you. Also, you know what? For, forget it. We're gonna talk about Batman Fifty Nine today. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring it up then. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Chris uh, Saint Saucy continues. Bloodstrike is just a knockoff Wolverine or a Mega Red, it seems, and I have no desire to jump into another connected universe. I tried to get into that series from Warren Ellis that, honestly, I can't even remember what it was called, just that it was a DC book and a continuation of an old series. Uh, editor's note, I'm going to say that that was probably Wildstorm. No. Yeah. Well, Wildstorm. No, that's, um... What? No, it's... it's no, uh... universe, new universe. Oh, yeah? Wildstorm oh. is DC. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, yeah, Wild Service. Didn't he DC. say Marvel? And he was a continuation of an old series. He's at DC. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He did New Universal, too, though, didn't did he? he? Yeah, he did. He continues, I'm doing my best to stay the hell away from Marvel, so the Avengers is a no from me. I'm surprised you mentioned Ultimate Power without mentioning the Ultimate Photocopier, Greg Land. Ooh, 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 bazing. Finally, JD, I can't believe you would accuse me of bothering Noel about the podcast. <laughs> And Noel, I can't believe you sold me out after promising me you wouldn't. Wait, you just double backed on yourself. So yeah. I didn't give details. I was just like, yeah, you know, he's he's asked before. Yeah, he said. That's, yeah. I was actually really chill about it. You just blew up your own spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on a second, Christine Saucy. Good night. Uh, I need you to email me back, email us back. And uh, why why are you staying away from a Marvel? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, is there is, is this like some one of those? Is this one of those SJW bullshit Comicsgate things? What is this? I don't. You don't. Why don't you like Marvel? Why are you staying I, away I from was, Marvel? Yeah, I, I I actually like a lot from both. There's, so yeah. I wasn't sure. Well, I get I get cats who come into the shop and they're like, "Are you a DC or Marvel?" And usually there are people who aren't regulars. They go, "Are you a DC or a Marvel?" And I go, "I'm a comics guy. Like <laughs> I like." I don't think that there's a thing as DC or Marvel. I think there are good characters, good writers, good artists on both sides, and I pick and choose the ones I like. I think the pendulum swings. So maybe a year or two ago, I was more, I had more Marvel pulled. Yeah. I think now it's probably half and half, and I'm more excited about some DC books. Mm-hmm. Like it just the pendulum swings every like three to five years. Uh, I think, as to I think what I'm constantly just on. right down the middle. Like I like DC, I like Marvel, I like Image. No, it's not even like a favoritism thing. It's just like slowly the tide starts to roll in and out as to what my pull list ends up being a little oh, okay. heavier of. Yeah. You know, like all I know yeah. is that you need to add at least five more books to your pull list. You need to support my habit of just <laughs> buying shit at your store. Uh, Mark, what do you? Which way do you lean? Uh. To the left. <laughs> Short, shriveled, <laughs> and always to the right. No, uh, to uh, I lean. I probably lean more towards DC, but I like a couple Marvel books. Yeah. Um, there is a couple that I I don't like, but you know I oh, think well, we sure, just talked a, about yeah. we just talked about Spider Man, which I think is really strong right now, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying Al Ewing's uh, Hulk. Hulk. Oh, yeah, really you love the Hulk. Fun book. Yeah. I, I read the first issue the other day, um, and I, I enjoyed it. But uh, the trade paperback just hit. It's on my shelf right now. It's called Or Is He Both? And uh, I do want to sit down and reread that. But I'll tell you, honestly, I, I leaned more towards rereading Justice League. 
It's not the terrible. First, the first seven issues by um, Scott Snyder. I thought yeah. since I had problems with the single issues um, maintaining the thread, <clears throat> I thought it would read better as a trade, and so far it does. <laughs> anyway, all right. Email from the home dad. Uh, oh, this is oh, this isn't too long. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert: Ignorance on Parade. It's called. What the? Really, guys? None of you? Who is William Gibson? I guess he wrote the screenplay for Alien 3. Arg! He says. William Gibson is an author. That means he writes books. Yeah. Books are these collections of paper covered with text that tells a story using only words. No pictures. Not interested. <laughs> Therein lays the distinction between comic books and... A books. Who is this from Bill Maher? I know. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Okay, he's a sci-fi author. Fine, a dime a dozen. However, this particular author defined cyberpunk, a movement that slowly developed from the 1960s until Gibson's Neuromancer brought the future into focus. He essentially started it all. The weird merging of tech and man, the neon future of a world inspired by Tokyo, the introduction of a secondary and sometimes primary life online into the popular consciousness, 20-plus years before the first vestiges of America Online CD-ROMs began to creep into snail mailboxes across America. Without Gibson, there is no neo-futurism, no Matrix, no X-Files, no Firefly, no dystopian young adult fiction. Okay, maybe that last one tarnishes the legacy. Gibson's influence stretches forth into everything in our modern world, from corporate domination of government and daily life to technological addiction to branding as identity. He's been called... Yeah, what's oh, he done Jesus. for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> He's been called a noir prophet, cyber prophet, lots of prophets, because like the best creators, he saw and continues to see the probable possibilities of the near and far future. So, if the legendary William Gibson wrote an Alien 3 script, you can bet your sweet ass it will probably be, well, I guess pretty okay. Admittedly, he's had some terrible adaptations of his work hit the big and little screens. Johnny Mnemonic, anybody? Mm. Never mind, just go back to, obliv to obliviously living in the world Gibson made, the home data bod. P.S. Did I need to berate you about this? P.P.S. Yes, I did. <laughs> Another excellent Sent, wait. email. Sent by malicious egotism. Yeah. Nice. I think he always sort of changes that. That. Um. Wait. Well, hey, I'm. I feel better knowing that. You know what? Yes, that I actually learned something. So thank you so much, home yeah. dad. I'm not even like I. Uh, um. I feel like the sign of maturity is knowing when you can learn. Yeah. What you don't know. Also, go fuck yourself. Also, go fuck yourself. Mark, did you know any of this? I think I did only because I read the uh, back of that. Book. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a little bit of it. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've heard of that name, William Gibson, before. Yeah, I, I knew, didn't realize he did so much. I knew so. it was a name I should know. I just didn't know why. Do you know what I often find myself saying? Uh, you know what? I did know that at one point. There's a lot of things that, like, when someone says something, I go, oh, yes, I have a memory of knowing that at one point in my life, but it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. If anyone else wants to email us, you can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail on cultpopgo.com. Just click the bright red banner on the right of the site. It's super easy to do. 
Just fucking do it. It's great. Um, all right, American Carnage number one, brought out by Brian Hill and Leandro Fernandez. Uh, this is what? It was this image or it was this fucking Vertigo? It was Vertigo. Yeah, it was Vertigo. How do you feel? How do you guys feel about the return of Vertigo? Have you impressed yet? Uh, I've only read two of them or three of them so far. What was it? Border Town. Didn't do it. This and something else that escapes me. Mm. Um, Juke Joint? I actually didn't get a chance to read that. I was on that show, but I didn't read it. I wasn't the way, Juke Joint was, that image. was image. Oh, that was Image. Fuck me. Sorry. Um, uh, Mark, what did you think of this? Uh, well, uh, Vertigo, this is the only Vertigo book so far that I, I would actually probably continue to read. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that not only is it um, topical, but it, but more importantly, it is less preachy and it's more of a story and it's taking consideration of just a progression of story rather than the soapboxing that we got in uh, Border Town. So there, there is some subtle soapboxing <laughs> happening here, you know, but it's not uh, yes. egregious. It's just it's matter of fact within the context of it's, the story. It, exactly it's part of the story and that's what yeah. i like about it the other stuff is just it feels like it's i'm reading someone's blog uh, rather than actually like well, really getting taken in for a compelling story that's what because, you and i, I were mean, complaining about border town about like it, that's what he's saying yeah. yeah yeah what honestly mark when i'm reading books uh sometimes and i appreciate the fact that i do this uh i will read it with an ear for uh mark underscore l underscore miller and I go, I feel. Oh man, I, I don't think I don't think Mark's gonna like this because I, I'll take note of certain overtones of political. Um, um, I don't want to say posturing, but soapboxing, I guess, is the correct word. So mm-hmm. I was surprised. I was surprised here that it didn't bother you. Yeah. No, I mean no, because it's like uh, Brian Hill has been. I mean, he's been proving himself this last year, but he's been in the industry for a very long time. He wrote a lot for um, for. Uh, uh, God, what's the company that does Witchblade? Um, Top Cow. Uh, Top Cow, yeah. He's, he's worked for Top Cow for years. And now it's it's great to see him getting, like, he's doing, like, this new Outsiders series, I think. And uh, he's been popping up in Detective and, and all over. The, he did the Hong Kong Fui um, special Black, a couple yeah, of months Lightning. ago. That, yeah. yeah, which was really good. Um, so it's just really cool to see him getting some notoriety uh, out of all of this. Um, I do prefer books that I, in a lot of ways, if I do offer some criticism to this book, is the, it's just that it is, it's, it could happen outside our window. And because of that, that's not the reason why I go to comic books. Yeah. I go to comic books for a little bit more fantasy, a little bit more, um, just a, a step outside of reality because mm-hmm. reality is, is so distasteful right now for, in a lot of ways. Um, so I, 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 but I think the story is strong enough and I like that he doesn't, he's not putting this in, uh, he's not going the easy route with a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they have this conversation, um, at this ta- at the table, the, uh, female FBI officer, and uh, this guy that doesn't want to be pulled back in, but of course he's getting pulled back in. Um, but uh, it, they talk about race, but it, you you see this this uh, person being strung up and lynched at the beginning. And uh, 
I, I guess just because I saw the words uh, that were written on there that this was a black guy and this was a racial sort of thing, but it was, well, it, I mean, it was definitely racial, but it was, this was not a black guy that was hanging there. That was, it was a white guy, uh, who was, who was hung there. And then the, they talk about how this other guy is half black, half white, and how he sort of uses that to uses that to his advantage, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I liked the, those complexities that he had with these two characters, especially because um, the FBI officer, you know, she's a little wrong in a lot of ways. You know, she charges in uh, a little righteously to this guy's place who is definitely, you know, he's a Nazi, he's a bad guy and everything. But she just charges in without backup or anything, and it it results in the death of like that whole family. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so she's she's not without fault of her own as well. You know, so I like it that he's painting these characters as as just not your stere- stereotypical carbon copy kind of mm-hmm. uh, characters that you see mm-hmm. on in in books in books kind of like this in books that, that you've seen from vertigo like you know you've got your you've you've got your 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 african-american person you've got your hispanic person you've got your lesbian person you've got this you've got that and it's almost like a a, a, a cross-section of of different characters but they're stereotypically those characters yeah. almost uh, and this doesn't have any of that, which I really kind of appreciate. I'll tell you, it felt a lot like uh, True Detective to me, in that like the, yeah, yeah. The, all the all the main characters are heroes, are quote unquote heroes of the story, feel very flawed. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. no, I, I, but it, it makes it stories like that make it more interesting to me. I'm more interested in the flawed hero than I am sort of a uh, you know a white knight. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I was no, surprised. I, I, agree. I was surprised too by the. Uh, I did the same thing because of the 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 message that was written on the person who was lynched. I thought he was black too, and I thought the coloring was just a a creative decision of like, oh, it's just the colors bouncing off the skin tone. Yeah, it looked like a fix of uh, like a lighting choice. Yeah, a lighting yeah. choice versus yeah. a skin yeah. color choice. Uh, and I actually went back. I flipped back to the to the page after I found out he was white, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, he's definitely white." Yeah, I just uh, yeah. What I did made you, my own assumptions. What did you guys make of the? Um, so so this uh, this FBI agent goes off to find a former disgraced agent who's now working as a PI to infiltrate their lead into this other FBI agent's murder. Yes, um, that lead is a highly respected in some philanthropist. In some circles, uh, I, I assumed he was like a cross between uh, Tricky Dick and Alex Jones, like yeah. ha- like a, a he's got, flag he's a waving podcaster, podcaster yeah. who isn't blatantly racist, but creates a vacuum for racism to exist. Yes, right. Yeah. So uh, he infiltrates and meets up with this gentleman's daughter. That whole scene in the diner, I was not sure what to make of it because. Uh-huh. It was a very rational, like, he, as an undercover agent of, of any kind, uh, does what he can to push her buttons or see what she deems acceptable in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So he he throws out the N-word. He he, um, he talks about his aggression as a, as a white man that's been left alone. Uh, the privilege doesn't exist in his world. And she doesn't take the bait. Yeah. So the way that this conversation, like, kind of plays out I wasn't expecting yeah. and I wasn't sure what to make of it at all 
And then it's juxtaposed with the cliffhanger of the book, which was a little... It was um, unfortunately too familiar-seeming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A back yeah. patio party of, of, well, a bunch of white dudes all wearing some sort of camo and or flannel, uh, yeah. very casually holding firearms... Yeah, weapons, and then in, in the in the far distance, an American flag and a burning cross. Yeah. So, like, what's happening? Yeah, I would have preferred a tiny bit of. Uh, I, I, I know you have to. I know you have to end end on a powerful note, but I don't know. I just yeah, I think it, they rushed that. Well, to me, that, the that more last page. I to me, the more interesting. The more interesting part of it, and if this is where the story is going, is that she was not putting on a front. She does not think her actions are hateful, mm-hmm. which makes this last panel or this last page even creepier, mm-hmm. right? And I yeah. think that's the point of that well, perspective. Well, I'm sure what Tammy Lauren. I'm sure she doesn't think she's hateful. That, oh, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like this is, I think this is more layered than we're even noting. Which which makes yeah. it even more impressive. See, I wasn't sure what uh, – talking about the scene you're talking about where she, she reprimands him for using the N-word uh, and she speaks Spanish and she says, well, I have to. Yeah, I she, yeah she's Cali- bilingual. She, she doesn't – Yeah. And she, she doesn't take his bait. Yeah. I, but I, I think the way I was taking that was it was her being smart and, um, you know, a lot of these sorts of folks understand that out in public – they can't display these sorts of yeah. behaviors or, or vulgarities. Um, but behind when they're at a party, a, a, a patio party mm-hmm. with their friends, then it's okay. They're allowed to be them true selves. Either scenario, it's a subtlety and a layer that the writer applied to it that's mm-hmm. appreciated. Oh, but Mark thinks that it's not subtle, right? Is that what well, you're saying? No, no, I just think the juxtaposition I, of the I, two. No, I would have, oh. I would have liked, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. No, basically what I'm saying is that, I would have liked to have kind of basted in the notion that is this guy just a philanthropist and does he have noble intentions Hmm. or is he a bad guy? I wanted that to go on for a little while longer. Hmm. I didn't want it just kind of revealed in one one big splash panel at the end of the first first book. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? I just think that it would have been a little bit more compelling to have – to have that like I, I i don't know how he could have done it but um mm-hmm. i i just feel like i feel like it was a big jump from especially because he spends the entire issue kind of dancing around the fact whether or not this guy is a bad guy or not yeah. and the the fbi agent or the guy there he's like um he doesn't even know if he's a bad guy or not you know he's mm-hmm. kind of making the argument that you know maybe he's just you know, maybe he's just trying to help people. Maybe well, he, is, he a, is what he says he is. As a reader, yeah. as a viewer, we don't know he's a bad guy yet either. Well, okay, that's what I'm thinking about, right? So I'm, I'm looking at this last page. Uh, he's nowhere. With, with He's not there, but 
So uh, her, her dad says she wants he wants to see her though. Yeah, my father would like yeah. to speak with you, Mister King, but the dogs need to smell you first. Referring to the guys with guns here, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they're basically the security for the party. It seems like. Um, yeah. And I, what I was gonna say was, oh, I think it might be slightly interesting if you know she's the one who's not acting like an asshole and reprimanding him use, using the N word. But wouldn't it be interesting if the dad was actually on the up and up, yeah. and this woman who does That's all of I'm this saying, recruiting like, for him yeah. is is the dick bag and he did the father doesn't even know it yeah i think that would be interesting. well so and and which would <clears throat> so a lot of these a lot of these um so the 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 avatar that this character is for the real world a lot of these rush limbaughs these alex joneses they're for all intents and purposes they don't purport themselves as white national well some do but <laughs> as white nationalists or 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 spreaders of hate or hate mongers mm-hmm. but they do open up windows and doorways and and um validate the ideas of those uh, of hate and of, of white nationalism and stuff. So like they don't always, they don't perceive themselves often as bad, a problem or bad. So that being a wrinkle in the story is really interesting, would be interesting if that's how it goes. So like the fact that we're talking about this so much and still don't know means this was a really good book. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. Hmm. Yeah. I I mean, that's like I said, I want to read the rest of this series. If it's a mini series or I don't know if it's a five issue series or it's, it's an ongoing, who knows? But um, I I do think that uh, this is a strong first issue. It's the strongest first issue that um, DC Vertigo has put out of this new line. Mm -hmm. The one with the least storytelling flaws, the least uh, preachiness. I I definitely Mm -hmm. think that it's, it's, it's much more makes me feel like I'm reading a comic book instead of a blog. So, all right, let's move on to uh, Batman number 59. And this is by, who, who the fuck's it by? It's by Tom King and Mikael Janin. Where does go? And this is the second part of the Penguin uh, storyline that we've been, we've been going through. Um, now, Mark, you read um, the first trade paperback of this. Like the, well, not first. Uh, the first is I Am Gotham. Uh, then there's yeah. I Am Bane. Did you read I Am Bane? I, I read all of those, yeah. How did you like I Am um, Bane? I thought it was okay. I think that there was some there was some uh, art issues, if I remember it correctly. I forget who the artist was in it, but um, there were some really weird leaps in in logic in that, uh, that storyline. Um, but, I, I mean, it, it's all been really... I liked all of them. For the most part, um, now once the uh, once the the marriage issue kind of came along, it really cut the legs out of this this book. But um, last issue and this issue has really kind of it's it's kind of redeemed itself a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I like it that Batman's angry and yeah. uh, you know a little uncontrollable. He punches Gordon in this this uh, yeah issue, he does, which is pretty. Has he ever pretty, struck Gordon uh, before? Uh, not that I, I remember. Don't, I don't think so, but yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, I think it's it's shaping up to be a different kind of story, and I, I like that. Um, I like it that we've got this Bane acting like this innocent in, in the uh, in Gotham and Batman coming in. It shows the like a role reversal a little bit of who's the bad guy, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it's it's kind of nice. So, um, I I just listened to on the car ride home from work today. I listened to the episode where you guys discussed uh, Batman Fifty Eight. The start of this arc. Um, that's Thomas Wayne standing next to Bane. 
Yeah, I think that's some, Flashpoint Batman. Did, yeah, did someone you guys, mentioned that. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, they said, "Why is a Batman suit there?" And we weren't sure what yeah. was going on there. That was revealed um, in in Batman Fifty. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, Thomas Wayne was one of the villains or one of the characters standing behind Bane when when Catwoman walked off, and Tom King confirmed it. Like that's actually Thomas Wayne. Okay, that's so, weird because he disappeared. Super weird. He disappeared in the button, right? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Batman Flash crossover. Apparently it's going to all be explained or... Hey, addressed. as long as they explain it, cool. But the fact that he was creepy standing behind Bane in that same like position makes me wonder if he's even like animated. Oh, Like he's okay. just stuck there, maybe, oh. or oh, okay. like he's actually there. I don't know. But is this, is this how they left Bane at the end of I Am Bane? He's got this sort of childlike mentality? Mark? He was beat. Yeah, yeah. I think he was beaten and taken to Gotham or taken to Arkham. No, but um, he's he's like simple usual. now. Yeah. Well, I think he's. I don't think he's simple. I think he's just terrified now, and I'm not sure how he got to that state. But Where's I'm just mommy? assuming that man. Batman beat the shit out of him. Maybe Scarecrow gas was involved. I don't know. I he, don't know. He's doing like the Where's Mommy. I didn't yeah. do it. I didn't do it. Where's mommy? It like I it 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 read like he uh, retrograded all the way to like a young childhood. Age. Yeah, the yeah. waters like, are re- coming. It, like regressed. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I know they re- retold his, his they retold his origin. I remember that um, about how his mom died and then he had to uh, serve the rest of her prison sentence, which is pretty heinous. He's like bored in the prison. Is that his origin? I don't remember. Are you talking about Bane? Bane Conquest? Yeah, I I just remember uh, this was a long time ago. They had his origin where he was bored. He was bored into prison because his mom was serving out a prison term. And uh, even when she when she gave birth to him, he had he had to continue her sentence. So he was bored into into prison yeah i do remember that yeah i remember yeah was that that might have been a tom king thing actually right i don't think that was tom king i think that might have been that might have been a chuck dick chuck dixon Dixon thing yeah Yeah. all right so uh what i do like here though is bane's plan i like how you know he's so known for being the big brute who broke the bat's back and i like that he is um going the opposite direction now and he's just sort of like taking beatings in order to unravel the Batman, or you know, the, the trust in Batman. All of these years, he's learned patience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's always been very smart as well. I mean, and that's not something that's been highlighted in many of his incarnations in no. movies. Movies, and uh, although Tom Hardy did an okay job of making him smart in the uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises, but uh, it, usually he's Mexican. just the big brute. Yeah, he's not Mexican. Well, no, he is Mexican, but he wasn't in that movie. Um, yeah, he was Sean Connery. I am not I, – I I keep oscillating back and forth in the opinion that – I don't know. There's, there's like two different Tom Kings, and each of them writes Batman differently. Yes. So like this Batman, I'm not sure I understand or like. And then also um, I think it was issue like 48 or 49 uh, right before the wedding that Batman in a church with um, – the Joker. This is that same one where the whole issue, as interesting as it was to read, I'm thinking, why the fuck is he letting him shoot people over and over again? Or why the fuck is he sitting down with 
the Joker. What like and this is kind of also that same like so who is this Batman that he's writing? Right. It feels so in, in the beginning of this issue, he comes up against a bunch of armed guards at Arkham and uh, you know, the one guy says, You're not authorized to be here, blah blah blah. He's clearly shitting his pants because he's up against the Batman. And then the Batman says, Say it again. Tell me what I can and can't do. Say it again. And it's like, I'm not used to Batman talking like that. I'm not used to Batman being this unhinged with everyone. So I understand getting him into the room and then being unhinged with yes, Bane. with Bane. But all of this shit before and after it is, I don't, I don't necessarily understand Gordon? or enjoy this, this Batman. Is this all because his feeling, his little feelings were hurt because he got left at the altar? No, his, his kid got shot in the head. Oh, that too. That's true. Uh, well, and that's the only thing that's really like kind of forcing this. However, and never Alfred no version just of about got, yeah, Alfred just about got killed in the last issue. But well. no sure. version of Batman has been well, other than like, other than Frank Miller's, has been this brutal across the board. Like it's almost like a precision brutal. Mm-hmm. So this feels this just feels weird. And and again, I keep going back to like that early, that the issue right before the wedding when. He is in the church with the Joker, and the Joker just literally keeps offing people, and Batman is just standing there waiting for his moment. It's yeah. like, I don't understand a Batman that does that. Waits. Yeah. That, that lets the Joker have the time or the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And this is that same Batman, and I'm just not sure. Yeah. I love this line, though, that he says. He says, uh, Tell me, tell me who you are. Say the words. Say them proudly. I am Bane. <laughs> So say it so I can tell you. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's weird. Clunk. It's weird. Yeah. It doesn't sound like Batman. It's a super aggro Batman, and I don't really get it. Like, he's never – he's had moments of frustration and, and aggression, but he's never been this, like, unhinged and caveman-y, and I don't, I don't know if I like it. The last time I've seen – Also, what's The last that? time I saw him like that. Way, but he flies this way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the last time I saw him acting sort of in this way was when he was hyped up on Venom. Ah, Remember that? yes. Remember yes, that? You're absolutely right. Good and call. He was like all aggro, and, and that was when, I mean, that that gave way for Bane, actually. Yeah. So um, is that think, part of this? Is that is that going to be revealed as part of this? Like Maybe he's on Venom or something. I can't imagine he would do it again. I, well, no. It, yeah, no, I, I could see him doing it again. It's just, it's, it's a... Uh, Without the seed sown, it's just it reads poor, and then you're asking people to like kind of stick with you, so you retroactively make it make sense. You know what I, I, I would I, like actually? I'm having is trouble if, with it. If maybe the scarecrow was giving him sneaking in low doses of fear to him, I'm having trouble squaring yeah. the circle with this. I want there to the be character. a reason. Yeah, I'm mean, like I said, I'm having trouble squaring the yeah. circle with this version of the character. I don't hate it. I just don't understand how it goes from point A to point B. It's so quickly. Yeah. And it's yeah. not. It's not. Also, really thank you for pointing out the thing I, that was bothering me. The mm. page where he knocks uh, Gordon, he clocks him in the face. Uh, Batman is swinging with his left fist from right to no, right, from, from left, left to, to right. right. But Gordon's face is going from uh, right to left. He's, That's he's, just how badass no. Batman is. Batman he punches him through time. Yeah. <laughs> he rewrites physics. He time fist. He actually punched him. He punched him and he twirled around like three times. Oh, that's him going. Like three stooges. But um, I, I don't know. There are elements of this issue I like, and there's elements that feel weird. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. 
Um, uh, who, who thinks that this picture is there going to be a reveal that this Penny is like a, a penguin? Wait, that's supposed to be his <laughs> wife, right? Yes. Y- yeah. When did he get but... married? Well, I, okay. So I was doing exactly. some googling because I was I was looking it up for the show last time when we were looking at like who the fuck is Penny? None of us know who Penny is, and uh, nobody knows who Penny was. I, I think that she's just been introduced. Oh, is I think she's he had a secret bird. wife? Yes. He had a secret wife that no one knew about to protect her from the life. No, I think she's a bird because they do not show the picture at all. So you all. think they're going to subtly they're... introduce bestiality into this into the story? <laughs> yes, yes. Why not? I, I think I totally think that that's what's what's happening here. Um, I like the art. The art's good. It's very subtle. Oh, Michael Gannon's um, always little, pretty good. Though. Yeah, it's a little looser than I'm used to seeing from him. Like the inks are not as heavy, um, especially on that last page. It just feels very, uh, very penciled. It looks like he's. It the, looks uh, like he's using a tablet instead of. Like, yeah, mainly the mainly the close up. Like that last close up is is super sketchy. I guess. Yeah. It, well, it's just it's it's by virtue of the shot. So instead of it being three static panels, he kind of keeps zooming in and it yeah it, it yeah. in contrast it looks a little sketchy yeah. but um all in all i think it was a really well written well done issue i think it moves the plot along pretty pretty nicely and it reveals some really uh, it has some really exciting moments in this this issue i think yes i just wish it felt more natural from batman yeah the batman character yeah, yes yeah, yeah i think I, it's He's being kind of pushed and forced a little bit. Um, that yeah, I don't do you, know. Maybe maybe this is making up for the fact that the last couple or the the freeze issue, which was I the freeze issues, which I thought were pretty good. I liked them a lot, uh, but I felt I felt they were a little bit too talky though. And so this is much more reliant on the action. And, well, and but see, okay, so, so they were a little too talky. Yes, they were they were courtroom dramas for the most part, but yeah, that still felt like a healing Bruce Wayne or, yeah. or Batman. This just feels like a overly aggressive for no reason. Like this feels like, so Batman as a character has never been a might makes right kind of person. It's always been a, you know, justice overall, the hard no, work. No, it's not might they, makes right. If that was, then he would literally just be punching everyone all the time. And he doesn't made, just punch everyone all the they've, time. They've done Batman over the edge. Uh, storylines where this, if that's like, the case this feels unearned this feels like it's a switch over one issue well yeah I mean but I mean I no the whole freeze thing was all about him losing his cool and um <laughs> and, <laughs> you know <laughs> losing you know losing his temper and uh and he took out a lot of his frustrations on freeze um yes. ter- it, you know and and so that's it's kind of the same thing that he's doing here but yeah, it, why didn't he's supposed to be one of the smartest men on the planet? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he? Uh, why didn't he learn his lesson there? Here he's just making the same lesson again. Though Dick Grayson just gets brain damage. Alfred was just uh, yeah, almost murdered. Even, and, even in the Nightwing and, book, he's the most like passive about it. Like, hey, let him live his life. Yeah, I know. Everyone else is trying to get Dick back, but he. Uh-huh. Everyone else is trying to get uh, Grayson back, but. Batman's the only one that's just like, hey, you know, maybe he deserves this. Yeah. 
Anyone is anyone still reading the Red Hood? No, nah, did I? Did anyone start? I read the first issue. I, did. <laughs> I didn't know. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm he's he's doing no. It's it's pretty good actually. But um, yeah, he was very passive in that one too. Just saying, giving even gives uh, Red Hood a, a hug at the end of it all. No. <laughs> yes, there's a. All right, we're having some Bruce... continuity issues with Batman now. <laughs> some emotional Bruce... continuity issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Tom King, I guess, can do whatever he wants to do. Um, at Marvel these days, I guess. Um, it doesn't really if, matter if it's... If Miracle Man is any indication, yes, he's allowed to do whatever he wants. I agree, but, you know, there there have been a couple of missteps he's made as well, so I don't I don't want to give him a free pass on everybody uh, just because he did wow. one good series. No Two one's good infallible. Series. Two good series, because I loved his vision, too. Two and a half. It, over, the, over the last almost 60 issues of Batman... More than 30 have been spectacular. Yeah, that's true. All right. Light Step from, uh, I don't know, fucking, who's this? Who did this? Dark Dark. Horse Comics. Dark Horse. (laughs) Uh, Milo Slapkovic and Mirko Topalski are the script writers. Art, color, and cover art by Milo Slapkovic. Slavkovic. Slavkovic. With art, or color art by Dave Stewart. Um, And and this is part of the EI Picks. Uh, line? What is that? You, Epics, I was going to actually ask you that too. What? What is that? It feels like uh, they are a series of foreign comic books being brought over. Oh, I was going to ask. Did, did this feel super European, European to everyone else? Yes, okay. yes it did. Yeah. The designs are very European. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Futuristic European. Um, Creating Worlds. It's a Serbian independent video game developer. Oh, yeah, based out of Novi Sad. So, did you guys like this? No. I, was, I don't think I cared. Um, I think the art is gorgeous. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, I had said before the show, I think it reminds me very heavily of Pascal Ferry. And then, uh, Mark, you said you thought it felt like the Dodsons, right? I was, a little bit of Dodson. I was going to say a little bit of Yannick Paquette. Yannick Paquette. Um the art is gorgeous. It's a beautiful look. The design of the book is great. The colors of the book are great. I don't care about the story at all. It, it it's it's hard to crack. Um, they're really yes. There's a there's some um, discourse uh, going on throughout, like trying to explain this culture and what's what's happening. Uh, but at the same time, I felt it hard to relate to any character at all in this this book. This is 25 pages of extreme exposition. Yes. And you're kind of introduced to a young woman that has seizures throughout it. So, like, yeah. uh, fuck, is anyone going to – does anybody want to attempt to – Describe? Describe the plot of this. <laughs> okay. So basically, many, many generations ago, there was a gentleman who thought that the people should be separated. Uh, there were certain people who are perfect beings and everyone else was not perfect. Yes. And He had a brother and a sister. Uh, he wound up uh, – there was a whole family uh, assassination. Like um, s- certain family members were supposed to take over the uh, – you know, they're royalty, right? And so mm-hmm. the siblings all killed themselves off until only one remained. Mm-hmm. And now he's basically this, well, 
generations later, he is this cult leader without actually being alive, right? He's this beginning of a cult. And so all of these different families, they live on this planet, um, or not even a planet. They live... They're rocks. They're they're man-made rocks that orbit orbit at the speed of... Light. Close to the speed of light. So so how, how high up in the echelons of the society you are, your planetoid travels closer to the speed of light so time is slower for you whereas the you know drugs of society are on slower planets so they so like in one day a whole life happens but for to a poor person person, these rich people one day is is you know just one lifetime is one day yeah one lifetime is one day so basically all of these families they get together and they reenact the original massacre that that family endured uh, and they basically sacrifice each other until only one's left. Yeah, and, and they're, they're, every year. they're yeah. super into it. They're like, this is the best idea ever. I can't wait to die because this is the part. This is our religion. Um, and then at the very, very end, we have our main character who decides, nah, dog, we're not going to do that. Um, Her brother is like, I'll, I'll, I can, uh, I can fix this. I can himself. fix this. And yeah. then stab himself. And then the woman that we're following has been... Um, excommunicated and banished she's sent to she's, some other planetoid to die oh okay so the, what you guys are missing is this is earth this is set on earth oh she's being banished to earth because um they talk about this the speed of light and everything and they mention albert einstein they 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 there's even a picture of albert einstein in this yeah, yeah. so this is not this is the future and these there it's basically uh kind of a take on like the one percenters yep. like the one percenters live on the in these like kind of they go to schools they go you know they have long midday strolls you know they get up and they're they're looking beautiful and everything and meanwhile everybody else is like drudging there, through there are sci-fi orgies in this book. in earth there are some orgies, yes. Um, but Albert Einstein, they say in the early 20th century, there was an insightful sage who postulated that time runs slower for objects approaching the speed of light. And that's the basis of their entire – That's, I mean that's basically what you were describing. Yeah. Their whole class so, system is made up based on the um, – Yeah, so so I guess I – guess, so Earth is where the poor people are and these high-class families – are in man-made planetoids that orbit Earth at the speed of light or close to the speed of light based off of how close they are in genetics to the royal the families original. from eons yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. And me and it's, hearing it's all... myself explain that, I just got bored again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and they go and they, they talk about how these guys are 93% yeah. uh, match, oh. matches. So there's a little bit of it's like a young uh, heritage. Harkonnen. Heritage.com, <laughs> you know, or what is that? It's me, you know, the DN, me and 20, DNA. 23 and me or something like that. Yeah, 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 that, that thing. So this, but, uh, this is, this is a, it may, there is 10 times more exposition and world building than story here, which yes. makes me mildly impressed, but utterly bored. Well, it reminds me of a lot of science fiction that people are so in in love with the ideas that they forget that they they need to tell a story mm-hmm. that's compelling yeah. as well. This is um so I never read the original books, but in a weird way, this reminded me of that horrible Valerian movie. Did you guys oh, see I've it? I've never seen it or read it. No, so the, I didn't see it. The movie itself is like two and a half hours of like weird world building, but the plot itself, you lose 
track of because like halfway through the movie there's a 45 minute side mission it's like reading uh it's like watching a series a season of television in two hours truncated it's like learning all of this stuff or reading a novel in a four issue miniseries like it's just so dense that the story itself that they're trying to tell gets lost and that's what this feels like bored there's a nice beheading oh it's a solid one yeah yeah but then the the dumb brother thinks it's all make-believe Oh yeah, the slow yeah. brother. <laughs> it's all make believe. It's all make believe. He just smiles. And, it's all make believe, Chad. Like the Duh. severed head is smiling because they think this is the the bee's knees to yeah. sacrifice each other. This yeah. is a weird book. I hope I hope there's some people that really like it. But it's not. Well, for in me. order no, in order right. for uh, them to be pure blood, don't they have to be inbred? And is that why that yep. guy's a little little slow? That's what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. So like the they. Each family is like in the 80th percentile, right? So it's like, yeah, the they are in the 97th percent hereditary um, or g- uh, genetic match of the progenitor. So that means that they pretty pure blood. That yeah. one, yeah. And and they introduce this weird thing where she, our, our you know, our, for all intents and purposes, our our hero, our hero has these seizures and inside these seizures she's able to see visions of oh, yeah. the progenitor Th- this is weird yeah i don't care it's, just uh, weird. it's so pretty though all the design work all the artwork is just gorgeous it looks good gurge. yeah yeah it reminds me it's it's, it's super gurge um middle west number one uh middle west scotty young and jorge corona one of my favorite beers i like a light happy beer um, this was basically abusive dad becomes a storm. It reminded me a lot of I Kill Giants. Have you read I Kill Giants? I have. Mark, have you is read another, I Kill Giants? I think I have. It's wonderful. Maybe. It is. Yeah. Uh, that's another Scotty Young book, right? No. no. Joe Casey. Joe Casey. Oh. Yeah. And oh, it's Max Joe Casey. Fiamora. Yeah. Fiamora. I get. Yeah. Okay. Super okay. good. Book. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Joe Casey does a lot of books like this as well. Um, it does feel Casey-ish. What was that one where he's got a dragon? Golden oh, Eyes. Four or... Eyes. Four Eyes, yeah. So, basically, we've got this kid, and he lives in this world that has this underpinning of magic that we haven't really touched upon too much yet in this first issue. Um, we have, basically, he wakes up from a dream of this giant tornado monster. He lives in the Midwest, and... Uh, he has he wakes up late for a paper route. His dad reprimands him. Uh, his friends find him while he's on his paper route and say, fuck that. Let's go have fun. He goes, okie dokie. They get caught shoplifting, and then he goes back home, and the dad starts screaming at him that he has to sleep outside. He's a um, very abusive individual. Very, yeah, he's kind of abusive. Because at first I was like, well, so far I can't tell if this guy's supposed to be abusive or if he's just a hard-nosed dad. Because he doesn't really abuse the kid. But then he turns into a giant fucking tornado monster. Well, he 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 verbally abuses the shit out of the kid yeah. at the very beginning. It's 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 uh. Well, they, they don't know. I don't they don't. Know. They don't. They do not mince words as to how emotionally abusive this motherfucker is, and he does slap the kid. He slaps the kid, but that's the very end after he's t- after he told him. Fuck I'm you sorry. Three times. He violently throws his. Alarm, alarm clock, clock across the room smashing a window. That's not how you not talk to your it's, kid. It's, that, a, it's, sorry. A, it's a photograph. It's a photograph. That's not how you talk to your kid about sleeping in. 
Yeah, and all he really That's says is, I slept him. through the alarm. So, yeah, he's kind of... He's, a, he's, he's not great. Okay. You, you know from the first minute on that, yeah, he lays hands on the kid. Maybe. All right. He doesn't <laughs> lay hands on him until the very end after his kid says, fuck you, three times to him. But the context is there, dude. The context Dead. is there. Can I talk? Never. <laughs> I'm saying that up until that point, he's not an abusive dad. Uh, I don't know. Who knows what the the thing is? Just because you raise your voice and you throw something doesn't mean make you. Uh, okay, you know what? How about how about don't finish, how about finish, don't say abusive. Just say he's not violent. Right, he's not abusive. But saying, he's a dick. No, he's, he's abusive. A... It's emotionally abusive. He's just not violent. He's not punching the kid. Okay, you go ahead and just talk. Sorry, because obviously I, I'm not able to get a word in edgewise because Please. you keep interrupting me. I apologize. Keep going. Thank you. Um. What he is saying is not wrong. He's trying to teach this kid how to uh, be responsible. Maybe he's a little extreme at it, but he does. It, but he does have a point. He's, he says this isn't the real world where you know you you just come up with excuses every time. Uh, you got to work hard, and you don't. At the end, he says uh, this really struck home. He says, "Welcome to the fucking world." kid where uh we all work hard and no one gives us a cookie at the end of the day Mm -hmm. now if you're done patting yourself on the back you can wipe that scowl off your face and get your ass out there and do the job you think you're so good at and i mean yes he doesn't mince words but he's got a fucking point he's trying he's obviously he's he seems to be a stressed out dad his the wife has left um the kid he wants you know he's up to that point all he did was sort of yell at him and tell him to go and do the job that he's supposed to be doing. Because otherwise, I, uh, he gets calls from people complaining uh, about his kid not showing up to that, uh, to this stuff. Um, then the kid just kind of gets sully. And I, I'm not saying that uh, that he's a great dad or anything. But I, I don't think that from the beginning he was he's like an abusive person now later on when he does come out i think he does have a a a point of you know first he he his kid doesn't do this i mean what would you do if you get a call when your dad when when your if your son was uh it was caught shoplifting are you supposed to just pat him on the head and say oh kids will be kids or uh you know i'm not saying that making him sleep out in the the uh, I don't know. I think he was pointing to the car, though. I, no, was I he think talking? he said he was supposed to sleep outside, out front of. He the, says, is that a trailer or a house? He says, "You're not. No, you're not. You're sleeping out here." Mm-hmm. Is what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, wants to didn't take care of himself. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through this, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's caught shoplifting, and so he's not mincing words. But his kid is saying like "fuck you" to him three times. I mean, you don't. You know, there's there. I and I'm not I'm not condoning any like child abuse or anything like that. But I am saying that you know parents parent in different ways, and I think hitting somebody. I'm not saying it's right, but it happens. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't. So know. I'll tell you my my um, my takeaway when I was reading this. Uh, the very first thing, the kid wakes up, and the guy go. The dad goes, "Do you know what time it is?" And he goes, "Eight thirty-four. Oh no, I, I slept through my alarm." And his very first reaction, the father, is to throw the alarm clock at the kid, um, and he hits the um, the picture of the family, breaks it, right? In the bed next to him, yeah. In the bed next to him. So, like, 
Well, first of all, quick side note. I have a problem with the storytelling in that because the the panel is going left to right. Uh, the guy is throwing it to his right, and then it he's, he hits... <laughs> so the theme this week is directional failures. Yes. With panel uh, layout. The, the drawing doesn't really work out, but... I went, okay, we're supposed to believe that this guy isn't great. Even though he's making good points, his reaction is a little a little heavy. Um, now, the kid doubles down and fucking shoplifts. So I get the dad being mad at that. And even looking at where they live, they, there's like a big wide open field and stuff. Uh, when he says you sleep outside, I didn't think that that was too... Um, I don't think that was too abusive. Uh, it's basically like camping outside in the summer. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. With your talking fox. With your talking fox, yeah. Like Um, you do. But, uh, yeah, then he lays hands on the kid and becomes a giant uh, cyclone monster. So, um, yeah, yeah, obviously he's meant to be an abusive father just the way they portray him throughout the series. Or throughout the first issue. From jump, guys. So, archetypically, he is the bad guy from the very first panel. So I, well, I, whether he makes good points or not, third good villains make good, like good points. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Like he's an abusive individual, and his abuse drives the main character to test boundaries. Yeah, not he tested boundaries and he deserved it. Also, I think they they purposely give you another reaction to the shoplifting here in order to counterpoint that. Yeah, the the guy um, that caught the, them shoplifting says, "Hey, kids will be kids." Don't. Oh, that's what he says. No, thank you, and I'm sorry I tried to take that stuff. It was dumb. I'll make it up to you. And the guy has a very measured response. Don't worry about it. Kids do kid stuff. I'll check on you in a bit if your dad doesn't show up to pick you oh, up. And, the, well, his, and also, too, in this context, his dad, after, after they get caught shoplifting, actually, they don't get caught shoplifting. He admits it. <laughs> he, he admits, like, he is stealing stuff. I'm so sorry. So the shop owner calls their parents. Every one of these kids gets picked up immediately and his father makes him wait outside the store uh-huh. all day long. And that's especially if you consider the fact that, what, the, the, the kid wakes up at 8.30 and then he goes on the paper route, he loses his papers, that's maybe an hour or two later. So let's say at well, he's sitting, it's 10, 10 a.m. Let's say sitting, it's 10 a.m. It, <laughs> <laughs> then he sits there until nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. His father made him sit there and wait uh, and wonder about his punishment for... Yeah. Eight hours. I'll tell you what. I, the thing I don't like about this dad is his face. The, I really don't that is like one strong ass jawline. The, his, the big chin. Oh yeah, he's got a real long face. So, <laughs> so uh, this was this was good. I liked it a lot. I did not know what it was about until I read the back matter, the essay in the back. Uh huh. About him, grow, Scotty Young, growing up in the Middle West. No, about Scotty Young. Um, wondering what wizards l- really look like. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is a story about wizards and magic. Yeah. Like, I knew that there was something obviously supernatural, but the fact that it was going into, you know, an untapped wizard or being able to make magic, I had no clue. So while I'm reading it, Mark, did you notice these? In the background, I noticed that there's these, every house has a weird pink fluid in a container. Yeah, I... I mean that's obviously tied to some some of the mystical There's something stuff going on. Also, um, there is that same stuff underneath the car when it's turned up on its side. There's oh, I didn't uh, even... there's one of those things underneath the car. So it's oh. obviously some type of fuel. Magic. Oh, yeah. Source. oh you're right. Yeah. yeah Wait, right. uh, are they? Ju- is this just alternate world altogether? 
Oh yeah. 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 This is a world with so, magic. So I wasn't. Even, yeah. No. I. I like, didn't get that. Well, I, I. No, I didn't. Even the outhouse at the bottom on one of these pages has one of those things on it. So yeah. I don't know yeah, if it's the soul of whatever that thing is, and maybe everything is a animated object, or if it's. I don't know. Maybe it's the goo from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, you going to keep reading this? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I like the artwork. The artwork's really, really Pretty well true. done. Um, I think he's, uh, I, I think it's done in a Scotty Young-esque way. Yeah. Um, without it being Scotty Young, um, which I like Scotty Young stuff. Oh, well. I love Me too. Scotty he Young. He has a way, um, I, I don't remember who his artist was for when he was doing, wait, so when he started doing Rocket Raccoon, he he wrote and drew it, but then he also had an artist help him. Mm-hmm. He has a way of finding artists that are complementary to his style. Yeah, and it's really really impressive. And the, the same goes with this. It reminds me of Mike Mignola, who does the same thing. Sort of, he's got this. Uh, yeah, Duncan. He's for, got an in-house uh, style. Yeah. Uh, what's Dun- Duncan for Grado? For Grado, yes, yeah, he's got a a style. Um. But yeah, I'm definitely going to read this. What was the other one that Scotty Young just worked on? He had done I Hate Fairyland or Fuck Fairyland. Jake Parker. And then he did, oh, Jake Parker. He's the guy who created uh, Inktober. Um, wh- what was the other, do you, Mark, do you remember the other Scotty Young book? Mm, he was writing it, it but no. not drawing it. Bully thing? Oh, Bully Wars. Thank you. Yeah, that's did, right. Did you guys read this on I the? I did not. I haven't read it. All right. Fuck I you. didn't read it either. Maybe we but should I, check it I out. I like that he's uh he's he's veering more like um because he you know he's just one dude writing and drawing your own book is a uh, full time job being able to kind of like really Diversify. just focus on the on the on the writing end and and collaborate with people that understand your style is actually probably a smart way to go. All right, um, so Noel and I, I'm sorry to do this to you, Mark. Uh, Noel and I read Ironheart number one. And it's by Eve Ewing with art by Kevin Lebranda and Luciano Vecchio. And this doesn't hit, hit the shelves until this Wednesday, so I thought it might be interesting when we can to briefly touch on a book that's coming up as opposed to a book that's already come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is Ironheart. So if anyone who doesn't know, while Tony Stark was in a coma following the fallout of Civil War II, um, Riri Williams became Ironheart, and she took over the Iron Man book. Now, I did not stick with that. She's created by Brian Michael Bendis and probably not Sarah Pichelli, David Marquez. I didn't stick with that only because of time restraints. Did you guys read the Iron Man Ironheart stuff? I did. Mark? Some of it. Oh, did you fall off on like yeah. that like I did or you just didn't like it? How far yeah, did you get? I, I, I fell off of it. I was just – that was a time when I wasn't really reading a lot of Marvel. So mm. Um, mm. I just kind of – I kind of fell off of it. Um I, I mean, Riri was an interesting character that was made, but um, I, I just I thought it would be, would have been more interesting as a as an original character like she's she is now yeah. than uh, than the other the replacing uh, Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. But it's valid. I um I read it all. I read it all because I was um I was a really I I loved Infamous Iron Man, which oh, launched at so the same good. time. And now, they crossed over in a Just way. so people know, Infamous Iron Man is the one where uh, Doctor Doom took over as an Iron Man trying to redeem himself. Become a better yeah. person. Uh, so concurrently, Invincible Iron Man was about Riri trying mm-hmm. to figure out who she is in the world. Yeah. Uh, because she had she was able to manipulate this tech. And she had a 
Tony Stark AI helping run her suit. So yeah. Tony Stark was a part of the book, even though he wasn't actually a part of the book, which, which was I liked. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of it was uh, Infamous Iron Man. And there was a couple of times when they kind of, um, you know, in the way that Bendis has done with his Avengers books, now his Superman books, he will have one or two titles in the same kind of like universe. Yeah. And then tell parallel stories and sometimes cross them. Cross streams. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was reading both. Um, of the two of them, my least favorite was Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. But I was still interested enough to keep going. So, yeah, the first thing I noticed about this book is her new costume design, and I think it's overwrought, to say the least. I think there's a lot of colors happening. There's a lot of mechanics for the moving, a lot of moving pieces for the suit. She's got these giant yellow uh, fucking earmuffs on the side of her mask. Uh, Shoulder pads. She's got a, a heart... Uh, on the top of her helmet. The it's red like, is now pink. Yeah, it's like pink and gold and black and gray. Um, and it's just, it's overwrought. Um, she's got hearts on her chest, on her forehead, and on both um, the backs of both of her hands. Sounds iconic. It's a, it's a branding <laughs> exercise gone awry. Yeah, man. They overdesigned the shit out of this. Uh, that being said, um, I'm hoping that maybe it'll be as they move forward, they'll start, you know, because Iron Man is constantly in flux. That guy yeah. can never have just one suit of armor. It's constantly shifting and changing, and I like some more than others. So I'm willing to overlook this because as an inventor, she's constantly do, mm-hmm. do changing things, so I'm hoping this will um, work itself out. Now, the story is basically, she's not, who's she working for? Uh, she, uh, at the end of the last, uh, the last series, she was offered essentially offered a free ride at MIT. They'd yeah. give her her own lab. They'd let her keep um, tinkering on all of these things as long as they they don't own her work, but I think they had proprietary... Dibsies? Yeah, like they're able to... God, I forgot the deal, but it was essentially like, here's, here's all the money you can play with. Go. Okay. So my basic, my first... Um... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? My first impression? impression of this book is it's Dan Slott, Peter Parker at um, just before he be, you know starts Parker Industries. This is Peter Parker at Horizon. Mm. So he's got a lab. He's mm. able to do is sit and tinker and, and create and, and um, invent stuff. But there's also a guy who comes in and shows his lab around, blah, blah, blah. Um, I will also say that writing style, I don't know Eve Ewing, I will say this is very verbose, which for other books would be a turnoff, but I did find that at no point in this issue was I bored. I think she's new to comics. She's not new to writing. She's a journalist, I think. Oh, yes? So okay. um, very often, and you know, we've been reading comics for way too long, So very, and Mark, you'll probably know this too, like very often when someone from another industry takes a stab at it or starts uh, a new story – a lot of times their first couple of issues are slightly overwritten. Yes. Maybe they're not bad, but they um, they don't rely on the art as much as a seasoned comic book artist or writer would, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, it, they're, it's a touch overwritten. But it's not it's not unenjoyable. It's just like, oh, you could have done that with two or three less sentences. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, like, like show, don't tell kind of a way. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil the end surprise. Um, I liked it a lot. But I liked it a lot. Yeah. That's all I'll say. 
Um, yeah, when we do this, if we, you know, because I own a comic shop, and sometimes I get my deliveries on Mondays, and that's when we record. So if we're able to take a quick glance at a comic and read through it real quick, we'll talk about it, but we won't spoil it. I I will say when I first saw that, I think I did, I said it online too, and you challenged me. Um, when I first saw the solicit for this book, I was apprehensive. All to, actually, I was I was a little spiteful because I hated the redesign. I'm like, Riri is a is a wonderful character who like was able to hold a legacy book for a while. Yeah, and the redesign itself almost applied these like girly aesthetics to her, and that's well, not pink. the character. Yeah, pink with hearts everywhere. It, it just it rang oddly false for me without reading it. So I was adverse to like trying this book, um, which is unfair, but. I'm being honest. And oh, despite the slightly overwritten aspects of it and the jump into it, I kind of I kind of liked it. Okay. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I didn't And I really I really liked the end like you you had mentioned. Yeah. 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 Um now Mark, well I'm sure we'll talk about it next week on um when we, you know, do a full review. But um are you even looking forward to reading this? Honestly, no. Yeah. I, I, Riri never really interested me because it felt like she wasn't re- as much of a character, um, at least the issues that I read read mm-hmm. of her. Um, I don't know. It, she, she felt um, – it, it was like she was smart and uh, – what did she – did she steal the, the armor? Like, no, no, she built it. She, she built, built it in the a armor. garage. Yeah. Oh, Okay. She built a really um, kind of, you know, it wasn't up to par with what Tony Stark is able to do. Yeah. But she was yeah. able to create a rudimentary suit in her garage. And then eventually, uh, I believe Iron Man, you know, Tony Stark sees something in her designs and is able to bequeath to her a suit that he designed for her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to give it a chance, but uh, the the problem is, I was I was much more interested. I remember reading a couple issues of of that Iron Man series, the first couple of ones, and it was dealing with um, some of the. Uh, um, there was like a gang shooting, and one mm-hmm. of her sisters gets caught yeah. in the crossfire. Our best friend. I'm 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 much more interested in that than um, I I don't know. It just feels like there are an awful lot of characters in the Marvel universe right now that are just it's just. The, the character is i, I mean i i want to see some some difference in character i mean mm-hmm. you got you got squirrel girl who's basically kind of <laughs> just nutty <laughs> you have the the new wasp we you have who is a genius and and uh you unstoppable, know unstoppable apparently and she's unstoppable um yeah and then you've got uh, moon girl and devil dinosaur super smart yeah super smart girl characters and i understand it's just like um it's just like like for guys it's like you know you've got all of these guys that have like kind of like the same power set but still if you look at like i don't know wonder man hulk and uh i don't know the thing all of them have very distinct characters and i don't see the the differences between moon girl ironheart and the wasp uh i did that Maybe there are subtle differences that I'm not getting, but they all feel like the same character, just uh, you know, in a different costume. I will be very interested interested to hear what you think next week, because a couple of the things that you just mentioned, being your favorite aspects of her and things that you thought were missing, are literally directly addressed in this in this issue. 
okay. who she actually uh, is behind or beyond any kind of armor or yeah. ability. And yeah. that was the most interesting parts of this. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just like classic comic booking. There's a there's like an A plot and a B plot. The A plot is yeah. obviously like the here's your adversary work on it. But the B plot is actually what makes this this issue work. Yeah. Her yeah. actually kind of like being more of a character. Yeah. So I'd be interested yeah. to hear what you think next week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would just like to see just some I, I mean, I, and I will definitely give it a chance. But um you know, if you're looking at characters in different different skill levels, different power levels, different personality levels, um, I just don't see that variation in in a lot of Marvel books. Which is yeah. that's that's what's that, that's what kind of um, disappoints me in a lot of Marvel stuff. Um, whereas in DC, at least you've got like you've got Batgirl who is super smart, but she's always been that way. She's had always had a photographic memory. Um, but then you have someone like Black Canary, who is—I mean, she's street smart, but she's not a biochemist. Uh, biochemist, on yeah. top of having, you know, having the canary cry and and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like you know, let's let's have some variation. We don't need we don't have to have every new female character be this like super science genius. Yeah. To that point too, though, like. Every story's been told. Like, I, I, like the differences between a lot of these characters is really just splitting hairs. No, I, I yeah. think I, I think I, I, you know, I actually agree with Mark on this. Um, the only thing I will say, two things I'll say. One is that uh, not to nitpick, but um, Batgirl's photographic memory didn't really appear until she got her suit change. It was, was it was the so Gail Simone. No, after that, Brandon Fletcher and. Bar- Babs Tar. Babs Tar. That's where she. No, all of a sudden... I think. Well, I think that was a part of the character, like long. Oh, like, really? Like pre-crisis. I. Think. Oh no, kidding. Like, okay. I think I think her photograph. I I could be totally wrong, but I I definitely have heard that. Oh, okay. Like, for for quite a while. Oh, that's but, my bad. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, what a neat thing that they're adding to the character. But maybe mm-hmm. it's just they're finally touching on something that we haven't seen touched on in quite a while. You know what I mean? Like going back to the yeah. roots of the character. It might have been more of that. Yeah, um, that might be. And then versus, you know, the Unstoppable Wasp and Ironheart, um, I can only speak to these two because I don't know much about Moon Girl. But the difference is really personality in the Wasp and Ironheart. Uh, Riri and uh, I don't even know her name. Wasp. Um, there's a new Wasp. Natalia? No. It's, yeah. it's, she's Russian. She's Russian because she was raised in the Red Room like uh, – yeah. Like it's, the Red uh, Black Widow was. Not, obviously, it's not Natasha, but I um I think it's an N. Okay. Thing. Editor's note: It was Nadia. Uh, but she is a very different teenage girl than Ironheart is than Riri. Um, the Wasp is very, very manic and exciting, and uh, is constantly running around and and just has. It seems like she's on a lot of sugar all the time. Versus Riri, who seems very thoughtful and a little bit more stoic um, and a little bit more grounded. Um, but you, I agree with you, Mark. There's it's two female, three of the smartest females in the Marvel universe. Like, where's our female version of the thing? Do you know what I mean? Or not even a version of yeah. it. Like, I see what you're saying. There's the thing, and then there's a Doctor Strange who's a doctor, but then there's also Spider Man who's an everyman. So like, yeah. an, an everyman scientist chemist. He's brilliant. a scientist. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a, not the best. I just, but, is that the best no, personality? But I what you mean. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. For everything though, but it's like even even like a Moon Knight, he's not 
he's no scientist. He's kind of just a, a fucked up billionaire. But that's interesting. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, you know, he's got multiple personality disorder. I mean, let's uh, I would like to see uh, a character that has like a like a um, I don't know, typhoid Mary. sort. I was getting ready to say typhoid. Yeah. 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 But But, um, no, I agree. I could use I want them to separate these characters a little bit more mm -hmm. and give them go kind of like when we have too many Green Lanterns. Yeah, you yeah. need to really figure out which lantern is which. Too many flashes. Which flash is which? What makes them special? Uh, I do agree that we could use a little bit more separation with these um, new female characters. I agree, but not, yeah. I still like them. <laughs> I I like I, I like them if they have their own character and they don't just kind of meld together like yeah. they they do. Um, you know, for instance, but, I would say um, to to pull an old example, She Hulk. Yeah, was yeah. just literally the Hulk with the word she in front of it. Um, and then throughout the decades, they sort of changed her and developed her and gave her different things to do. So I'm looking forward to those advancements. Different dudes to do. <laughs> she's, she's a little bit of a sleuth, but that's okay. <laughs> nothing wrong with, yeah. nothing wrong with a, a no? girl yeah, going around orgasms. sleeping, sleeping around. Nothing wrong with that. I'm trying to find out if Batgirl had photographic powers, but I'll find out by next week. Hopefully someone will email us the answer. So that's it. This is a an hour and a half podcast. Holy cats. <laughs> uh. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. Um, if there's anything you want us to review, please feel free to tweet at us or email. You can e- tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. You can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, MLMillerWrites.com uh, I'm going to be trying to review some some new stuff here soon uh, it's been a it's it, the the holiday has been difficult Rude. for me to post stuff yeah, yeah. so and Noel's oh I'm I'm everywhere and nowhere I'm everyone and no one are you Darkman I'm Darkman nice yeah. you can find him at Mr. Bartocci B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I on Twitter um Please, uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, and also, if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, that'd be dope too. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Deuces. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. A quick, quick tidbit about my my week. Um, we know about my day. I watched. Uh, I spent all day with my wife. We took a couple hours off from work. Not the whole day, of course. Just a couple hours, and we we streamed some. Um, the Great American, no, the Great British Bake Off bake, Baking Show. Or cooking show? Is, is that the one with Noel Fielding? I don't know. Who's that? The guy with the extreme nose that used to be in Mighty Boosh? No. Oh, yes. He's in the later seasons. We're watching The Beginnings, oh. which is season one. It's this, adorable. This, it's I'll tell you, Mark. It's goddamn pleasant. It, is it a cooking show? It's a cooking show, and I hate cooking shows, uh, and I hate I reality it. shows, so <laughs> I hate reality shows about cooking, but this one's actually kind of – it's sweet, and everyone's nice to each other.
<laughs> Nobody, nobody's throwing What's like hot fire grilled at each other yeah. and saying, "What's Go fuck the yourself. use of that?" Yeah. yeah, I want some Gordon Ramsay in there, oh, freaking screaming into people's souls. I hate that shit. Um, it's all done for just dramatic effect, and I don't buy a minute of it. And I, hate I think it. he's probably genuinely a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, but he's putting on a thing. Anyway, that's that's my day. You got anything to report? Uh, no. Oh. And also, Knowles was just this week. <laughs> I don't watch cooking shows either. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, jerks. but I did go see Creed. That's not comic Creed book related. Two. Creed two. Yeah. How was it? Ew. Cried. It was amazing. Oh, good. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Um, incredibly. Uh, what's the word you're looking for when something is obviously plotted in a specific way? Predictable. Yes, it was incredibly yes. predictable, but incredibly effective at the same time. Oh, yeah. I'm so. an easy mark for some predictability sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like I, even as I know what's happening, I'm like, ah, fuck. You mm-hmm. got me. You got me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you one other quick thing, Noel, since we're sharing. Hey. Does Creed win? Does Creed. Oh, spoiler alert. I mean, <laughs> what is winning? I hope he dies at the end. Does he, does he leave the story? Does he leave the story a more fuller person? Yes. Is a more fuller? Fuller? More is fuller? He full of, Most is, he, fullest? is he full of formaldehyde? I mean, <laughs> he's full of formaldehyde <laughs> because he's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially just a repeat of that first match. Uh, oh, nice. That other, would be awesome. Is James Brown in this one? Oh, he's... Posthumously, yes. <laughs> yes. I feel dead. It's, it's all weekend at Bernie's style. I um, felt good. Um, <laughs> other other big news on the on the horizon is that uh, I saw at your request, Noel. Yeah. I watched the first episode of the new MST3K. Oh yeah, Mac and Me. Oh god, it was amazing. <laughs> oh my my girlfriend and I are still quoting with each other <laughs> like sweet trailer. <laughs> pretty uh, nice. Pretty nice. Uh, from uh. Rest well, sweet Eric. <laughs> it was Mark. Do you watch MST? I I don't. Do you watch I it? I have. I have in the past, but I haven't uh, seen. So you're familiar with season. the format? Just go straight oh, yeah. to season twelve, episode one. Okay. I I enjoy Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but it's one of those things that I'll watch and just maybe smirk at because it's a it's a slick little wit or yeah. Oh, that was fun. But I never laugh out loud. Yeah, we were gut belly laughing because mm-hmm. it was just ridiculous yeah. uh, it's so worth it you should check it out yeah I will. mac and me um and see that's a perfect example of what i've been saying about mst3k this entire time if they did mst3k but movies i've seen yeah and hate like battlefield earth spider-man 3 things like mac and me that's that's more my cup of tea than like Here's what is it? Pacific, not Pacific Rim. Atlantic, Atlantic Rim. Atlantic Rim. Yeah, I couldn't even get through that one. I tried. I didn't. I didn't uh, we we just rewound a lot of Mac and Me over yeah. and over again before we fell asleep because <laughs> it was so so incredibly good. It was really funny. All right, we're here to talk about comics, but first, uh, because oh. we haven't dilly dally long enough, yeah. let's read emails. Can can I dilly dally for two seconds? Oh yeah. What do you guys, do? Either of you guys read Doctor Strange? No. I don't not... read. <laughs> I can't read you, son of a bitch. All uh, this time. All right, so do you do you follow along sequentially the pictures in a Doctor Strange comic book at all? Yes, all yes, right. I do. Do you have you have you been reading this this latest Mark Wade? Uh, I'm I'm about three issues behind, but I have been reading it. Oh, that's like Doctor Strange in space. Yeah. Well, it, it started in space. It's not in space anymore. I um I got caught up on it this past week, and it's really fun. Is it better or worse than 
Jason Aaron's. It's it's not better than Jason Aaron's. It's um, actually, so like there's been three phases or three writers that have jumped on this last go around with Doctor Strange, Jason mm-hmm. Aaron, Donny Cates, for like a quick hit, and mm-hmm. then now Mate, Mark Wade. Wade. Yeah. They've all been very different, but they've all been really enjoyable in their own mm-hmm. way. Okay. If anybody's interested, I would say maybe pick it up. It's only like six or seven issues. It's only seven issues in now. Nice. I, I like the first couple of issues. I, I'm, I am following it. I just haven't caught up. With this it, space uh, stuff is, is more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, what what I'm really surprised at right now is, is how much I'm enjoying uh, Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man. Dude, yep. it's awesome. It's, just, it's super fun. I loved I haven't read the latest one, but the the ones where uh, him and Boomerang went into the bar with no name, and yes. they were like, uh, "That's where that's I so am." Good. Yeah, I'm on. There's, I think yeah. it's issue seven, Spider-Man trivia yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, that was just so so well done. Yeah, it's I love just it. Funny and and yeah, it's great. It's yeah. a romp, is what it is. This past weekend, um, you know, with the downtime with the holiday, I was able to catch up on a couple of runs. Like I caught up on on Spider-Man up until seven. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and I caught up on Venom and they've all been really fun. Yeah, man. Books. Even yeah. Venom, yeah. who I don't really care that much about. I still don't care about it, but I'm interested in the story. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. 